...mutated shadow of the vampire, lichen or any of the other third species, was too vital to her unit. Her sensitivity to the pulse of the detainees, an open door to every act, thought and emotion, secured a conviction every time, another case closed. The fact it could all be done in the relatively safe confines of the interrogation room was the step in she needed. But Caitlin never had any intention of playing safe... Ever since she'd been a young girl, she had wanted only one thing, to be a tracker, out there on the field, in the thick of it, just like her father. And being the one to finally capture Kane Malloy would not only seal her career and silence every critic who had underestimated her, capturing Kane would at long last get her up close and personal with the vampire himself. Then she'd get what she really wanted, truths hidden deep in his master vampire shadow, not least what had slaughtered her parents. Cain was caught to her vengeance, and, moreover, caught to her survival. Either that, or she was about to make the biggest mistake of what could be the last night of her life. Time's ticking, Max. Six more minutes, Parish. She closed her eyes for a moment before staring back across the rain-soaked street, compelling herself to obey her boss's order but when Cain exhaled one final steady stream of smoke into the night air, when he smiled assuredly to himself as he threw his cigarette to the ground, Caitlin knew he may as well have flipped up his middle finger and slid her perfectly manicured plan down onto it. No, she hissed. Before Max had time to question her exclamation, before Morgan had time to restrain her, she'd stepped off the curb. She pounded through the puddles, Cain already disappearing back into the club. Parish, get back into position, Max warned. Do not go in there. I repeat, do not go in there. We lose him now, we lose him for good, Caitlin declared, and I am not going to let that happen. You have insufficient backup. I repeat, insufficient backup. But Caitlin ignored his warnings as she followed every gut instinct she had, every moment of tracking experience she had gained hunting vampires over the years. Damn it, Caitlin, that's an order, Max barked. There are too many people in there, too much interference. I'll lose you. But I'm not going to lose him, she said, flashing her badge to ward off the bouncer who stepped in front of her. She couldn't lose him, not now. He will have worked out the side exits are manned, she added. He's going to head up to the roof. Focus the team up there. I'll drive him up or take him out before then. She reached inside her jacket to flick the latch off the tranquilizer gun. Parish, you are in contempt of my orders. Get out of there now or face suspension. But the adrenaline took over, her heart pounding, her throat dry. Two years of proving herself more than capable as a tracker, two further years compiling the Malloy case before finally taking over his lead, twenty months of intense planning, and it was finally coming to this— a last-minute, poorly-executed scuffle to detain him. But there was no way she was going to let him slip through her fingers, because if she did, it would be over. Now he knew they were on to him, he'd be gone into the ether, gone from her jurisdiction, gone from her life. And she wasn't going to let that happen. Couldn't let that happen. Tonight she would finally look Kane Malloy in those painfully cruel yet enticingly seductive navy blue eyes, and tonight he would look right back into hers. The thought terrified and exhilarated her, 
both emotions exacerbated by the buzz of the club. The pounding of the trance music evoked her blood to pump, the mass of milling, gyrating bodies making the room surge, the air thick with the scent of dry ice, smoke, alcohol, sweat. Too many times she'd gazed into those penetrating eyes on paper, eyes framed with thick lashes as dark as his cropped hair. Too many times she'd dwelled on that sensual, masculine mouth as she pored over files at her desk until the early hours, paperwork spread across the lounge of her tiny apartment, yet another night alone in front of the TV. And on too many occasions, when the darkness was all-encompassing, when the rain tapped lightly against the window panes, she'd find her mind wandering to what their first encounter would be like. Sometimes he would visit her in her dreams when her subconscious took over, when the deep, dark fantasies she suppressed were allowed free reign. She would wake at